Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hello, adulting well listeners. This is Pepper, a.k.a. Joshua, a.k.a. Pepper, here to tell you about Anchor. So we used to host our podcast on another service, and we had this show for maybe three or four years at this point. And we got some metrics and things, but we didn't have a lot to do with them. And we recently switched over to Anchor. And what's amazing about it is it has all the metrics for the show. So you can see, you know, how many downloads you get and things like that. But it it also lets you engage with the audience uh, in ways that our old service couldn't. So, for instance, we can have polls. We can ask listeners to uh, leave us messages and questions and things like that. And we can uh, put them on the air super easily and answer those questions. Just uh, That's just one example, but there are just a lot of different ways that we can um, engage with you now that we're using Anchor. So uh, this is our first ad, and it's for this service that we're using to provide this podcast to you. And I think it's uh, actually a really, really good service. Um, and if you have a podcast, I recommend it. You can download the Anchor app or go to Anchor FM to get started. Uh, thanks for, uh, pausing with me for a second. Now back to the episode. Hello and welcome to the Adulting World Podcast. I am your co-host Joshua and I am joined as always by the amazing Kevin McCracken. Your co-host. And tonight we have the uh, co-owners of the Golden Bowl in in Oakland, California. Right now it's Bill Schneider and um, Mark Lynn. And we will be joined shortly by Jason Bevout, hopefully. Uh, just a quick intro. Bill uh, grew up in Santa Monica and moved to the Bay Area in 1987. Uh, he played in the band Sawhorse, Monsula, Pinhead Gunpowder, Uranium 9V, Influence. Is that right? Influence? Yeah, Bill. Okay. Dead Sound and the cover-ups currently. Um, he's owned a music store since 1990, Black Market, Unvibe, Unvibe Drums, Broken Guitars is the current one. He's been the touring guitar tech, tour manager, etc. from 1994 to present for many bands, including Green Day, and did the production management of Jawbreaker when they did the reunion at Riot Fest, which I was at. Um, lots of band stuff. So he's owned the Golden Bowl for two years, and he is quite handsome, apparently. <laughs> thank you <laughs> nice of you to say that which which i don't argue with actually um mark lynn is originally from upstate new york moved to oakland in 1994 he's played in bands since the 90s currently in the dead sound with bill as well uh deer country and erica rose and the dot dot dots is that correct mark and in addition to well i don't know if mark can hear me in addition to coning the golden bow bowl he co-owns bay Eric bay functional fitness a health and fitness and wellness company um and that's great so hopefully jason will join us and i just want to say welcome guys part of the reason i wanted to have all of you on uh was to you know we're in a really interesting time and you guys own a 
music-based venue. Um, so I wanted to talk a little bit about that, a little bit about your past in punk rock. So, and that's usually where we start the show. So maybe the two of you, one at a time, if possible, can uh, can give us like how you got involved in the punk scene and kind of where that started for for each of you. Um, go ahead, I, can go, I, can, I can go first. I uh, when I was growing up in LA, uh, I was mostly into like metal and kind of like more like thrash metal stuff and. And uh, most of the bands I would go see like through high school and stuff like that would be like kind of more metal stuff. But then when I moved up to um, the Bay Area, I kind of got thrown into a high school in Walnut Creek, California. And um, I all the people I met right when I got there were all punk rockers. It was, uh, you know, Mike Kirsch, uh, Scott Meyer, Eric Wong, Brian Speckman. And they were all people that were really involved in the Gilman uh, scene at the time. It was just right what I moved into. And so all these people became my best friends and we all started playing in bands. And from, you know, from, uh, you know, after moving there and not knowing anybody, I met all these wonderful people and uh, all of a sudden was kind of included in this family, you know, with, at Gilman, which was like the peak beginning of its, you know, kind of whole heyday. And uh, that was kind of hooked me for life, you know. Um, and I, I think that just one thing led to another, led to another, led to another, where it's just, it's, it's a life, it's a life lifestyle. And I don't think you could get away from it if you tried. So it's 50 and I'm still just doing the next thing I did a week after the thing I did before that I started probably in 1987, you know, when it comes to punk rock. So. Yeah. Yep. Amazing. Mark, so what about you, Mark? Uh, similarly, when I was a youngster, I was really into metal and, hey, Jason, I was really into metal and, um, and there uh, weren't many punkers in my town. And then um, there's a couple older kids turned me on to, um, you know, Minor Threat and Reagan Youth and False Prophets and some, you know, early New York hardcore and that and like Bill, I was like, well, switch flip, you know, and off I went. And, uh, you know, and then I started playing music and that uh, we can curse, right? Of course. Yes. We we're grown. We're grown ups. So Please, we're not on NPR. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> you know, MRR put out the book your own fucking life. And so my band from my very small town, I'm from a town outside of Syracuse where there was a scene. I mean, y'all know about the scene. It was full of straight edgers by then, you know? I mean, I actually saw the transition go from, you know, a bunch of punkers to being uh, straight edge kids, which was fine. It just wasn't really my jam too much. I identified way more with the DC scene. But anyway, we got our hands on Book Your Own Fucking Life. And my band that I started when I was a senior in high school ended up doing a national tour because of that book. And, um, we played at Gilman Street in 93, June of 93. And I was like, holy shit, I've made it. I've made it. I played at Gilman Street. Fast forward practically a year to the day of uh, June of 94. And I moved to Oakland and, uh, you know, just been playing music and obviously doing other things like everyone else, but playing music and having that be the cornerstone of, um, one of a few cornerstones of my existence since I was 14 years old. 
Amazing. I was just getting stoned on the corner. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jason. So Jason, Jason's joined us now, and we do have a quick little bio that he sent over as well, <laughs> which starts off his first band in 1985 was called Operation Ivy, but then they changed it to Isocracy and let some other dudes have the old name. It started throwing trash at people, which I have a story about, and I will talk about it. Gilman Street in 86, till your drummer quit and started Green Day. Hey, Jason, if you uh, could turn your mic dudes. down just a little bit, that would be fantastic. If not, that's okay, okay too. I can fix it. I don't know how to do that. but Don't uh, worry about that. Um, <laughs> but he, so he quit that band, too, John. Uh, and then you started Sam I Am in 88, and you've had almost 50 different members, which I did not know, uh, besides Sergi. Probably more. And... Yeah, that's amazing. Um, many of them also <laughs> went on to join much more popular bands, but some died or got jobs. Been employed as a golf picker up, golf ball picker upper, a moving target at a driving range, a bicycle mechanic at a Schwinn shop, a handyman for a book publisher, bouncer and bartender at a pool hall, open bars for other people, and had a few of your own. And you used to own which one? One used to be a brothel. Yeah. All right. And. Um, and another became the biggest drag theater in San Francisco. One was the front for growing weed, which is not surprising in any way. You put fans for some other <laughs> That's the current one. clubs. <laughs> We're thinking about going back to the weed thing. I wouldn't. <laughs> hey, I would fully support that. And and then you took over the Golden Bowl where you guys are all partners. And um, obviously because of Trump and COVID, uh, you're currently unemployed, but hopefully that will change. So. <laughs> Yeah. The first question that we generally ask is, how did you get into punk rock? Because we love to hear those backstories. Uh, I was hanging out on the football field with John Kiffmeyer. And then he said that him and his friends were going to start a band. And I said, okay, let's do it. And then uh, we all went to the same place together and, and we decided who was going to do what. And I, I got singer. I don't know why. Um, John got drums, and Lenny got guitar, and Martin had to play bass because that was what was left. <laughs> and then we did that. And then we shortly figured out that uh, it didn't matter if you didn't know how to play music if, if you were playing punk rock, according to some people. So that's that's the route we took. I was kind of uh, looking forward to playing more like a U two type of band thing but that seemed kind of beyond our capabilities <laughs> <laughs> so we did we did punk rock fair enough and, and then it kind of yeah this became uh, uh obvious that that was the that was the place we, we belonged. yeah so you mentioned throwing trash in your uh in your bio and i will i was uh at a look this little show a little tiny show which was actually a big show for our town at the druids hall in santa rosa in 1988 and uh, my friend Dan Kirby booked a band called Isocracy for that show with Victim's Family. And uh, yeah, we didn't know about the trash. I'm sorry. Apparently. I was trying to Because I was on one microphone of the people who was supposed to ask. clean up after the show. Oh, we just lost Jason. Oh. I don't know if I am. So uh, anyway, are you back? I think I can hear you. Yeah. yeah. So that's your voice. Yeah. So uh, anyway, Isocracy showed up to Santa Rosa and made one hell of a mess during a, uh, a show at the Druids <laughs> Hall in 1988. You know, the more you threw stuff, the less you had to uh, uh, play guitar. <laughs> Although Lenny, that's not fair. Lenny never wanted to throw stuff. He thought it was stupid, and he wanted to play in a metal band, but he was stuck doing what we were doing. Uh, me and John wanted to throw. John wanted to throw trash because he could get up from behind the drums. Yeah. And, you know, Martin wanted to sing, so when I was throwing trash, he got to sing. Nice. 
Nice, nice. So, w- what made the three of you decide to get together and and take over the Golden Bowl? I started. Uh, well, I, I was talking to Pat, the old owner, uh, about booking shows for him, and then he asked me if I would uh, run the place because he was looking for someone to do that. And so I started doing that and booking the place as well. And then uh, it wasn't going too hot. Uh, they, 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 it was kind of like uh, on its on its on its way into a into the ditch when I got involved, and I was spending a lot of my time trying to dig it out. And then I thought, hey, this would be a lot better if I had two more people to suffer with me. So <laughs> I called up Mark and Bill. So, <laughs> hey, you guys want to put a bunch of money into a, 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 a sinkhole? And they're like, hells yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it was really hard to buy it. It t- took us like six months and a lot of yeah. pain and like pulling teeth. And it was just like hiccup after hiccup after hiccup trying to pull. So the place was having problems for a reason. Yeah. Yeah. And and the, and the, and the hiccups are coming from the same spot. Yeah. yeah. Well, usually when a business is in a ditch and the owner asks somebody else to run it, the hiccups are coming from a very obvious spot. Yeah. <laughs> it was barf. Having owned a few businesses myself, I will say that I've been the hiccup at certain times in my life as well. So. And what was that really like? Using... Uh, the three of you like jumping into owning this bar when you started out it was it must have been a lot of work. It was super fun because like I was kind of. Uh, you know, uh, drowning in 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 the, the, the stuff that was already there before I got there, and then when Bill and Mark came in, it was like we had a whole new, you know, we were able to do whatever we wanted for one thing, and we and we had a little bit of money, and we were able to fix the things that were fucked up, and then it was like, oh, this is going to be what we really want it to be, and not what you know, not trying to do the best we can do with what's fucked up, you right. know, and that's that's it's super fun yeah how do you yeah, guys i mean we, you, as, as soon as as soon as we had any in fact before we even took full ownership of the place we're like bill was saying it took us a long time to actually work the deal out so we were essentially running the place from like february or march or something like that and we didn't maybe maybe yeah april something like that so we didn't take full ownership until june but i will tell you what it was March when we knocked the ceiling down of a whole big <laughs> room. And we were, is it okay if we start de- destro- you know, de- demolishing the place before, before we buy we it? Own it? Yeah, like, we t- I don't think anyone <laughs> will notice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we did. We, yeah, we totally changed a ton of stuff, stuff that we probably shouldn't, nah, whatever, when we, we were just doing it. Actually, I remember the, the day I was like, Bill's about to knock that thing down. I could see, him, I could see it in his eyes. He's going to knock that down. It was it was the rat's nest of, of the stage. Okay, it, it was it was a, a room where I don't know what the room was supposed to be for. But it's where we kept uh, previously some camera equipment, and then basically rat turds, oh. and everything was just kind of up there. And then uh, Bill knocked out some posts, and then it was not up there anymore. I looked at my watch. I was like, I got to go to my day job in like four hours. <laughs> oh, we had to open. Them. We had to open that day. We had to open that day, yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> now, did, it have a, did they have – do you guys serve liquor? Is it, is it a, it's oh, a full yeah. bar, right? So, yeah. Oh, yeah. So how was transferring the liquor license? Uh, that was – you know um, – just like dealing with the city part Mm -hmm. wasn't that bad it was just all of the uh going back and forth between the old owner and us and trying to get everything signed yeah Yeah. 
and, they're like, you know, and the, and the, the whole escrow process took probably longer than what's typical just because there were so many loose ends that needed to be tied up. And it's, you know, it's not worth it to talk about the specifics, but there was, there's a lot of um, loose ends. Yeah. So what, what, I mean, I, I see it in my work all the time, but what do you guys think you learned from punk that you bring into your, into the, into the bar now? Like uh, obvious, the obvious is like booking shows, but there's, I mean, this has been a pretty DIY effort by the three of you from what it sounds yeah, like. Yeah. You know, I think just do it. Yeah. yeah. And then figure it out later. Yeah. It's kind of, kind of punk, right? Yeah. You know, yeah. And that's kind of basically, oh, I've done all my musical <laughs> endeavors. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we, cause we, we do, we do everything like, yeah. Like we do, me and Jason do all of the construction. We build everything. We, you know, we gutted the whole place during COVID and replaced every single bit of plumbing and electrical behind the bar and put in new refrigeration. And it's like, we're just like that. We're just kind of people that just do everything ourselves. And I think that's good and bad sometimes, but, (laughs) but mostly good. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. You have no one, no one else to blame. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, And it gives you like that feeling. that is the whole punk rock thing. I mean, I mean, I, I can speak for the uh, the three of us. We've always that's that's just what we do. We just just do you know just make sure everything gets done, and um, it's just uh, find out later if you did it wrong when someone tells you you should have done it. Like yeah. taxes, <laughs> <laughs> two kinds so, of taxes. So more like eight in Oakland. Yeah. <laughs> Try San Francisco. <laughs> oh God! Yeah, oh, yeah. Uh, you didn't pay the extra special payroll tax over here, guys. <laughs> oh, <laughs> it's God. the second payroll tax. Yeah, it's, it's the secret special one that only non-tech companies pay. Yeah, right. Um, so, talk a little bit about what it's been like during COVID, because I know I, you know, there's been some articles out. You guys actually had some some coverage in the papers about how you've sort of managed to stay open, and you were very resourceful in how you did that, because I know you didn't have a a kitchen uh, per se going on, but you figured out a way to stay open and kind of keep that, keep the lights on at least somewhat. It, it's, you know, it's funny because uh, the whole thing that got me excited about this place was that it had a stage and it was a manageable size, you know, coming from Oasis, which was a lot bigger and, and much more difficult to run you know, you had to get a lot more people in there and you had fewer choices you know, really to, to of what you're going to book. But I was like, man, we can have this perfect size bar, you know, it holds 200 people if we want to, it looks great with 50. Uh, it sounds awesome. And that's the exciting part. And then that's taken away right away. Right. right. And then you're like, well, you know what? We've always wanted to have uh, more of a bar atmosphere inside. We put some cool seating in here and build some booths. That'll be more cozy and less like a venue. We can still be a venue. We want to be, and it'll be a great place to sit after work with your friends. That's gone. And so then we're like, uh, you know, in the depression, they used to sell apples on the fucking corner. Mm-hmm. And that's the, the the model that has been working for us. <laughs> you know, we're like, well, if we buy some pizzas around the corner and we put some chairs on the sidewalk, I guess we could get, you know, six or eight people over to hang out with us and, and guilt trip into buying some fucking drinks, <laughs> you know, and to shove pizza down their face to pay for the pizzas we had to buy. And surprisingly, it's been pretty successful. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's much more successful than not opening. Oh, yeah. And, uh you know, if it wasn't for that, we would be fucking way further in the hole. Yeah. 
but you know the whole, the whole point by... the whole point sorry to interrupt the whole point of opening outside wasn't to make money the whole right we were like well let's just make some money now the whole point was yeah. stem the bleeding until we can do our thing you know and we're not yeah. dead right yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly <laughs> yeah, it's nice to open the doors once in a while and let people walk by and see something still uh, there. Yeah, you know, but you know, it's 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 you're getting harder because more and more places are just boarding up and 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 there's nothing there, so no one's walking around our neighborhood. Yeah, you know, luck, luckily for us, there's a place. <laughs> I can't believe I'm saying this. Uh, next door to us and above us <laughs> that is doing pretty well because they serve food and and they've gotten a lot of attention. Yeah. Um, and people are coming from all over the place to come and eat at this place. And they're like, I might as well use your bathroom while I'm here. Uh, can I have a shot of whiskey? <laughs> like, Duh, absolutely. Yeah. Welcome. <laughs> yeah, my, my famous line, I mean, there, there we have, we would have our tables all set out up front and I'd look outside. I'd see some people eating at our tables that weren't our customers. And my, my famous <laughs> line, you look thirsty. <laughs> yeah. Eight times out of ten, they were thirsty. Yeah. What aren't you not drinking for? <laughs> so all of you have played in bands and toured, and um, probably had some pretty uh, interesting experiences. Is anything come to mind for? Can the three of you each share like a tour story or something fun, just to kind of talk a little bit about your your musical background? And I mean, you know, like. Jason's been in a band with 50 different people. So I've been sure on, so, so just to clear it, clear it up, Bill and I were both in uranium nine volt. Okay. So I've toured with Bill and I've never toured with Jason, but I think those two have toured together too. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? I'm, I played with Bill's other band, Monsula, mm-hmm. probably like 25, maybe 30 times. Yeah. <laughs> and I've actually never seen them play ever because it was always at Gilman's. <laughs> And I was always in the creek drinking beer. <laughs> and then I would walk back to the show and someone would go, Paul would walk up and go, hey, we just played. Did you see it? And I'd be like, damn it. I thought you guys were Missed playing right before us or something. You know, it was totally pathetic. <laughs> but that was because Gilman was set up that way. You weren't allowed to actually stay inside and watch your friends' bands play. And, and just then for also the record, drink beer in the creek. For the yeah. record, I'm officially a Monsula member now. So I need to Are you really? there too. I think I... <laughs> so that's anyway funny. that's off that's my that's my most guilty admission <laughs> at least 25 shows together at least at least i at probably least. saw you guys play together at least 10 times maybe <laughs> <laughs> i gotta tell you murray balls was either buying uh pictures at picante and burritos or someone had a, a 12 pack in the creek yeah. it was kind of hard to pass up yeah Definitely, definitely. And what about I'm you, sure, Bill? I'm sure we all have our individual stories. <laughs> Bill, Bill's probably got the Bill's Bill. You know, these two probably by far have the most tour stories. Yeah, I, I've well, sh- I've shared I've shared an end of the night with Bill, uh, an Uber <laughs> ride from hell. So, <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, I forgot about that in Chicago. <laughs> in Chicago, yeah. Um, look- My kids are playing Legos ten feet from me, so I can't go. To uh, explain, <laughs> uh, I'm in my son's room with the door shut. So, <laughs> do you have? Uh, do you guys fall into into roles naturally around the business? Like, is one of you the business guy, and one of you is the contractor guy, and one of you is something else guy? Kind of, yeah. Uh, you know, uh, Mark is definitely uh, like the the person, the face 
you know, that, that, that uh, is, you know, when someone walks through the door and they want to see somebody, I prefer that they see him and he fills that role better than the rest of us. <laughs> and Bill is definitely the business guy. And I feel like I'm kind of like the, I don't know, I'm the, the, the dis, disgruntled uh, guy in the basement that like fix, you know, fixes the boiler when it's going out and the, and the, the neighbors yell at, you know. Jason, Jason's the drink wizard. His drinks are off the map good. Oh. He's the bar guy. <laughs> yeah, I make them in the basement, basement in the boiler. Yeah. Bar guy for sure. I mean, I, I have Bill, Bill, and I. Well, the all three of us have experience running businesses, so it, it's it actually works out pretty well because um, we all we all know how it works to run a business. Um, Jason's run other bars. Bill's got the guitar store. Used to have the drum store. I have another business that's completely unrelated to music or the bar industry. So, um, I, Mark also keeps us in, in tip top shape. <laughs> yeah. You should see my, my six pack. Right <laughs> so I, I think that we all just sort of fall into roles and then, and then we just, the, the key is communication and just to make sure, you know, there's always a ton to do. So, so long as there's communication amongst the three people that are in charge of getting it done, that's that's the key. Just making sure everyone is in the loop and just you know standing in on top of everything. And you know we all know how to do everything. I don't know how to build shit. These guys can build everything. So I can hand them a hammer if they need one. I could even pound a nail if I had to. But it's um, Mark goes to the dump. I go to the dump. I'm a great dump I'm, runner. That's yeah. I'm the dump guy at home, so I hear that. <laughs> 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 but it, my, but it, work, it works well because we all have an appreciation for what it means to own and run a business. Yeah. Do well, you feel like, uh, I always feel like my friends who are bartenders, it's a good way to have something that you can do for a few months and then go travel or do for a few months and then go on tour or, um, you probably provide. That's a, how I got into it. Yeah. I imagine you provide a living for a lot of like artists. Yeah, I mean that was that I I I've been trying to play music uh since I was 15, you know, and then when I got a little older, I thought, well this is something that I I can I'm somewhat successful at doing. I I think I could do this a lot more if I if I'm lucky. And then if if I can find some way to pay the bills when I get home, of course, you're waiting tables or you're working in a bar, right? So I I, I started working in bars and it was ideal cuz like you know, you, you work for six months or three months and then you split and then you come back and you, and if you, you know, are not a total uh, shit show, they'll hire you back because it's hard to find someone that's not a total shit show working in the bar usually. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I worked in restaurants too. And it was, the bartenders were always a very unique uh, group of people, to say the least. <laughs> there was a, I, won't, I won't say there was a lot of cocaine, but there was a lot of cocaine. A lot. <laughs> I, and I never got involved in that scene. Yeah. I, I was... I, it's weird. Like uh, we were, I guess we were more suburban. I guess. That. Yeah, makes sense. Well, also, you know, having owned businesses in the past, how does this differ too? Because Bill, you know, you've owned music businesses. Mark owns business that's not related to music, or you know, or or the restaurant industry. And I mean, it, it, how does it how does it sort of differ from the other stuff you've done, other than what's going on with COVID, obviously. Well. I, th I think the interesting thing for me about, you know, all the other jobs I have and, you know, the businesses I've run and ha currently own, it's like they're more, it's, it's, I'm more involved that my, 
you know, I'm involved in the bar and especially since COVID, <laughs> since we're the only employees, we're all very involved. Yeah. But, but it, it's the first sort of business that I've owned, you know, really primarily more in a management and investor sort of way where I didn't, you know, I don't necessarily want to be involved in the day-to-day operations of it. Um, right. It ended up that way, but that yeah. wasn't the, our plan, you know. Yeah. Um, uh, you know. Yeah, I mean, the goal was really like, I, hey, I found this really great spot. We can get it pretty cheap. Do you guys want to buy a bar and, and we can have our own club? And we're like, yeah. And I'm like, cool, then you run it and uh, yeah, we'll fucking have this cool spot. And then everything got shut down and to do anything at all, there's no way we could hire someone back to work. We have one guy yeah. that helps us out sometimes when we all three can't be there. Yeah. Right. Uh, but otherwise, it's just, you know, the two two of us there every day of the week and just trying to, to, to fill in the blanks, yeah. you know. And I'm the only one that really had any bartending experience. Right. And so we all just kind of like learned on, on, the, yeah. on, the, on the fly. You know, it's not that hard to pour beers, obviously. But And we all like to um, drink. So, yeah. It, yeah. It, you know, it, well, there you have we've it. had a lot of practice. <laughs> oh, let's, let's real quick shout out to Phil's wife, Kirsten. Oh yeah, there as much as we did over <laughs> nice. that period yeah. of time. Oh yeah. That, so so the way it worked out was that um, just because of our schedules, because Bill's got his other business to run, I've got my other business to run. So I I couldn't work endlessly. I had to work certain days. So Jason and I worked three days a week, and Bill and Kirsten, his wife, worked three days a week. And so and that's that's just kind of how it worked out while we were open. So I right. we we've since shut down because of COVID. Mm-hmm. Uh, once again, last week, yeah, last week we did that. But but while we were open for for uh, street dining and, and drinking, uh, it was Jason and it was that was a team. Me and Jason and Kirsten and Bill. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Bill Bill's daughter did some merch for me one night too. So. Oh yeah. I know there's oh, a serious right, yeah. work ethic in that family. <laughs> Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) they were not messing around. They're like, "All right, old man, get out of here. (laughs) We got this. Don't even look at this table." (laughs) You you know, she went on to touring with Destroy Boys doing merch. Does not surprise me at all. (laughs) It was her first night, and she, her, her, and her, and uh, and I think it was Mikey's daughter as well came in. Oh yeah, and they were just like, "Later, dude, get out of here. (laughs) You can't count." You're you're fucking up our stacks of shirts. Like, what is wrong with you? Um, I've only been doing this twenty years. I don't know what's wrong. With you. That sounds. <laughs> and like they kidding. waited. They they did the best thing ever, which is my favorite merch person move. They waited till the end of the night, and everybody got their stuff before they asked for anything, which was like <laughs> totally pro pro move. So yeah, yeah. But I, I think it's interesting that you that you were even able to stay open too, and you know even regardless of all the nonsense that was going on and, and um, I mean, the, and the, the grand help that you got from, uh, from our current administration our leaving administration. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. But it's, it's crazy. Cause the, 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 the bar industry in particular, the venue bar industry, you know, which is what we are, we're a nightclub, you know, we're, we're, we, we're, we're a rock bar that does shows and that's how we bring people downtown Oakland yep. <laughs> and to, to come yeah, on five a, to seven days yeah, a week. five, seven days a week. We have bands playing on that stage. And so th- they didn't do a single thing for places like us. It's like, you know, everything was set up to help employees uh, you know, so that if you couldn't hire to do anything, yeah, but you couldn't, we couldn't be open. So there's nothing we right. could do. Our, everything we could do to make money was shut down. We weren't allowed to do it. And there was no money. There's no programs. How are we supposed to use PPP money that we're only allowed to use to pay employees when 
or you have to turn it into a loan. Yeah. Or what do we have to do? What, what do yeah. we do? Because we, if we take that money, we have to pay it back or we have to pay employees with it. And it's like, we're not going to pay employees to sit around and, you know, and, and sweep when we're closed for a year. So, and, and on top of that, the, the biggest insult was when you look around town and everyone's got these, these beautiful parklets they've built <laughs> and the whole street is closed off on, on half the city, mm-hmm. you know, and then a, t- a, t- a block from us is, is a place that has two like gigantic parklets, one on each other side of the corner. And then when we apply for this, there's no response. And then when they finally respond after like badgering and badgering, they go, okay, tell you what, you can use a sidewalk and you can build a parklet as long as you put up two 300 pound barriers on each side. And then you take the thing down every night at, at, you know, six, at, midnight. Whatever, at, at 12 at midnight and put it back up every day at 6 PM. Like how the fuck are you supposed to do that? Like, why don't you just say, uh, go fuck yourself. Cause that's really <laughs> what you're saying. You know? Yeah. Like we hate you too bad. <laughs> yeah. yeah it was I mean, absurd. It, yeah. it is absurd. And it's in the, the, the people that were hurt by bars closing yeah. are artists and musicians yeah. and, you and know, bartenders. And, let's and be bar- fair. Yeah. Yeah. And bartenders. Yeah. yeah. I mean, cause a lot of people that have put that put in the time uh, to do that as a career. And it, I mean, the funny thing is, is it's like, it's treated as like, sort of like, Oh, it's, you know, you're just a bartender. It's a really fucking hard job. I could not bartend. I tried at the, at the restaurants that I were, I was terrible at it. I was a nightmare. I was. I would end up screaming at, at customers because I didn't like the way they were looking at me. You know, what some I mean? people like that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I was. I was a good busboy, basically. You know, and dishwasher, and I was a decent line cook. But well, I, it's funny because uh, you know, I, 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 we kind of got the feeling of we're on our own because we kept seeing all these places around us, you know, seemingly doing pretty well under these conditions. You'd see, you know, some bars with with like 30, 40 people outside. Right. I was, you know, like Jesus Christ, that's that's not that's not so bad, right? You know, we're we're like we fucking had a killer night. We had eight people out there for fucking three hours. You know, we killed it. <laughs> yeah. You know, <laughs> but you know, I've been I've been uh, in meetings with uh, the East Bay Venue Coalition. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a, a group of clubs around you know the Bay Area that have kind of been getting together and trying to figure out some way to talk to the city, talk to the county, talk to the state, whatever, as far as we can go, and also part of Neva. And, you know, places as big as the Fox, they're in the same situation. You know, they can't, they can't put a couple of tables on the sidewalk. No. There's no point, you know? Yeah. So it's, 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 we're not alone. There's a lot of places, you know, obviously the ones that have gone, yeah. you know, like the, the Uptown and, 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 and Starline, all these places, you know, talking to the owner of Starline and, and he's saying, you know, there's just, you know, nothing that we can do under these, these circumstances that makes any sense, you know, trying to open the kitchen and serve some drinks on the sidewalk mm-hmm. and, and some food and they have a kitchen, you know, they're like, I just, we just figured it, it was safer just to close, yeah. you know? And at this point we're saying the same thing. We don't even have a kitchen and, and, you know, we're trying to make it work and we're like, you know what, man, there's no point anyone getting sick to sell a slab of pizza and four drinks yeah. you know, on, on a Wednesday afternoon. It's, right. it's, you know, it's, the way, the way things are going and, and, I just feel it's 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 a crazy situation. I mean, COVID cases are on the rise. It's going it's so yeah. bad right now, and it's getting worse. And it to me, it seems like you know the, the um, municipalities and the counties should take a stronger action. Shut it down. We need to be shut down. It's going to yeah. get. Well, that's what kills me the most about this, dude. It's like if they would have taken it more seriously at the beginning and and really shut everything down. You know, obviously Trump's a fucking moron, but shut everything down. And we suffered as a country for a couple of months. 
this would be fucking a different situa- situation right now, probably, right? Yeah. But no, we're been, been like stra- dragging it along, dragging it along, and now we're back to the point where we're doing the exact same shit. And how are we going to weather another two or three months of, of complete shutdown? I don't fucking know. Yeah. You know, well, it, it's crazy. Hopefully, the new administration will deal with that. You know, well, that, that open, and it is very encouraging to see that uh, Biden is hiring people that are adults, scientists. No one that he's hired so far that I've noticed has his last name, which I find very. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's weird. Comfort. Yeah, the bar is pretty low, right? Yeah, <laughs> Captain Kangaroo is going to be involved. No way, he's dead. That's so cool, though. You know. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's interesting because we we were able to reopen because we started printing masks essentially, oh, wow. and and then um, you know San Francisco sort of did that tiered reopening where manufacturing and warehousing got to come back anyway, um, and you know but the we're still the office people can't be in and I'm seeing like the serious effects of the you know the like what's going on mentally and emotionally for people who are stuck in these tiny san francisco apartments with kids and you know and they're just like freaking out man i don't know how else to put it and this could have been like you said jason this could have been over you know and people just it could have it could have been over and there could be thousands and thousands and thousands of fewer dead people which is right fuck the economy fuck my business fuck everything the yeah. thousands of dead people, parents, yeah. friends, loved ones. It's yeah. nuts what's it going on in this country. Yeah, we I mean, really, we've been lucky comparatively, right? Yeah, yeah, we have been here. I mean, and I don't, I don't, I don't even mean to make light of it. I mean, we're we're testing our entire staff on this coming Friday, and and because we don't know what people did over Thanksgiving, and you know, the thing is, is that there's this whole movement of like freedom and all that other stuff. And it's like, I thought the basis of libertarianism was as long as your freedoms didn't stomp on somebody else's rights, you were good. Yet these motherfuckers are not wearing masks out there and saying like, it's my freedom. And I'm like, no, I'm breathing your shit, dude. You know, like, (laughs) how is that freedom for me? You know? Um, Look, my dog took a shit on your lawn. Exactly. I didn't put that lawn there, though, dude. Yeah, you did. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Well, and that's the thing is like when, when we live in a country where 60 percent of people have like a chronic disease, we're going to have problems with a with a virus like this, you know? Yeah. And yeah. it's it, it's really sad to see businesses that have gone away and we're getting pummeled right now. I will just be honest, like not in a good way. I mean, we're busy. Yes. But we're getting like all these orders from clients that are freaking out because the companies they were working with are now having COVID outbreaks. So they're shutting down. They're now having, you know, they're closing because they didn't do enough business during the time when they were open again. And so we're getting these like crazy calls and people are freaking out. I mean, talk about stress. They're like, I got to get this bath salt to my, you know, (laughs) my employee in Iceland or whatever. And I'm like, I don't know if I can help you with that. Like, you know, it's like, it's people are freaking out because we couldn't just take the bullet, you know, like, yeah. you know, put, I hear you. My wife works for a company that, uh, you know, is shipping a lot of, you know, musical instruments and, and, and people are buying, trying to buy them. And there's like all these orders that just can't be fulfilled. Yeah. You know? They're like trying to survive, trying to make money and they can't fulfill the orders because there's no fucking guitars. Yeah. You know, there's, they're, they're all fucking bought. The up, supply you know? chain is totally fucked. Yeah. So totally. it's crazy. And, you know, I, I just like when you fire the entire pand- pandemic task force, when you take office, you, this is what happens, yeah. I guess, you know, that was a bad idea. Yeah, that was <laughs> well thought out. It's so unbearably frustrating. Yeah. I mean, it's just it's, 
That's why it's so hard to believe it's not a fucking simulation because all this, all the details just <laughs> make too much fucking sense. You know, like some asshole is is turning a knob and laughing. It's Bill Gates. <laughs> the microchip. He's running the simulation. Bill I believe. Bill, it. Bill Gates is gonna chip. He, he's gonna. Bill Gates is gonna chip us with his uh the vaccine, vaccine or the, with the vaccine. Like we didn't, get, so. like we didn't get chipped twenty years ago when we all bought our cell phones. It's so yeah. stupid. I want to get, I want to get a chip. <laughs> I so would what, love the chip. I don't want to carry around my wallet and my. Yeah, know, right? I, I want to talk. I want to go talk to my shoulder. <laughs> the eye chip. <laughs> so you, you guys. I mean, you're closed down again. Do you have any like idea what the plan is going to be, or are you just trying to like not? You know, we're meeting tomorrow to have. Uh, uh, all of the ideas yeah. um, put into the bowl and then we can churn it and see what comes out. We do yeah. have some stuff going though, guys. We do have, yeah. we do. We're working oh, yeah. on things. We're working on, you know, the thing that everyone's doing in, in music, you know, trying to find a way to stream something mm-hmm. and sell merch. Yeah. Um, but we have a twist on that. Our, our version's going to be way cooler than what everybody else is doing, you know? Uh, but I, I, you know, I don't know. I, I, I feel like I was reading, you know, articles today about how, the service industry is never going to come back, and you might as well get a job as a plumber, you know. And and uh, I think that's bullshit. I agree. With Obviously, that. there's there's just fucking too many people that play music and want to hear music mm-hmm. and see it live. It's never going to end. I don't give a shit. You know, after another year of this, if, if everyone gets COVID and half of us die, there's still going to be people people going to the the, the the concerts and saying, "I don't care, I might die." You yeah. know, it's, there's only so much you can take. So I don't know. I think if we can just handle another couple of months of complete and, you know, and, suffering for everybody. Yeah. <laughs> and we are, we are going to be doing some, some uh, live streaming, some, some uh, video zine type of things where we're going to yeah. have bands yeah. coming in and we're, we're going to be closed and everyone's going to be socially distanced and masked, mm-hmm. masked as much as can be for these things. But we're going to be doing some, um, some music things that are going to be edited for like, like as Jason puts it, like a, like a you know like a video scene with interviews and that kind of thing. Nice. And have you ever seen that video by U two? I will follow. Yeah. You know, uh, the old one, yeah. and like they're on the stage, and like uh, the smoke is blowing in their face, and they're they're outside. Yep. Like every band is gonna be in that situation. We're gonna be blasting them <laughs> with like giant fans of like of like desanit or sanitizing agent okay. foam fog <laughs> stuff. And just fucking kicking ass. So we're doing an you know, isocracy like, comeback show. Is that true? Where do people go? <laughs> Everyone listening to this wants to see that. So yeah. where do people go to find out news and find out what's coming up? Is there a calendar or is there a place they could or just website. visit? Okay. We cool, haven't announced cool. it yet, but our website, sure. yeah, we'll, we'll have everything on there. We're just trying to, to settle all the legal issues, like what to do um, to try and get money sure. and not jeopardize anyone's you know, livelihood. Is that goldenbull.com? Goldenbull Oakland. No, it's uh, uh, Goldenbull Oakland. Perfect. Yeah. We used to be Golden Bull, but now it's someone in like Senegal's website. We got we got heisted. We got heisted. <laughs> oh, our, our, our domain got heisted by some fucking <laughs> criminals. <laughs> my God, I'm sorry. Speaking of which, I quit Twitter uh, the last month and my Twitter name was taken within like two seconds <laughs> of me quitting. <laughs> That's awful. And, you know, and they keep. I just realized I was getting all of these like um, emails from people saying, "Hey, it looks like you're having a hard time getting your your website at the top of the list at Google. Want some help with that?" And I'd be like, you know, delete, delete, delete. And they kept sending, it, and they kept being more and more personal. And finally, I was like, "Fuck off!" 
And then literally a day later, we found out that they posted <laughs> under our old domain, like, bars close. Sorry, folks. Oh, <laughs> man. <laughs> Don't go here anymore. It was crazy. Like, there was some, somebody hijacked our old domain and, and wrote some crazy shit about us being permanently closed because of COVID. Oh. But then you look on there, you click on the link, it goes to, like, a gambling site in, in, in fucking, I don't know, Croatia or somewhere place. Oh, my God. So we changed it. Now we're, now we're the Golden Bull Oakland, which is nice. kind of appropriate. It, yeah, is appropriate. it is appropriate. So you, when you guys were running shows, though, Jason, you do all the booking, right? Yeah. So there's you. You're not just the the guy in the basement with the you know the boiler, and you're you're booking bands, making the drinks, making the fancies. Well, I, I do it all in the basement. Yeah. <laughs> our basement's scary. Because we we talked to you about playing. Have a look at our basement. Yeah, that's <laughs> true. <laughs> all right, I'm getting on QAnon tonight. Um, <laughs> posting some numbers. Yeah, some numbers. It might bring you some notoriety, you know, what the hell? Take anything. We'll take it. Yeah. So, um, you know, a few bands, so I would hope that bands are willing to come and and do something solid for you, for you guys. I hope so, man. Like, uh, we have a lot of good friends that, that have played the club and, and it's been awesome. And there's not a lot of, uh, you know, there's not a lot of, of people locally that, that haven't played there. Yeah. And, and it's just a hard, you're talking about people out of town, like no one's going to be able to travel. My own band, we're trying to record a record for the past year and we can't even get together. Yep. You know, everyone's afraid to travel and no one wants to be in the same room together. Plus the COVID. Ah. <laughs> no, but, uh, <laughs> um, yes, yeah, you know, as soon as we get this together, I'm sure we'll have a, a lot of really cool stuff to, 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 to add. And, like, you know, the idea is kind of like a, a flip side fans, you know, a video zine nice. mixed with more production closer to top of the pops, you know, vibe just live on the stage, on our stage and, and, and well lit and, and with good sound and just put out something that's a little cooler and not just like a live stream that you can like click on and click off of. It's something you can actually, you know, here's here and appreciate as well as look at and appreciate, you know? Nice. Nice. Yeah. And, yeah. and, you, know, and you know, be, before COVID, we were we were getting a, a bunch of really cool shows coming through. I mean, between um, between all of us, I mean, we there technically there are four, uh, you know four owners, but the, between the three of us that bring in uh, that do most of the you know the day to day stuff, we know because we've all been in the music industry so long and playing music, not music industry, but like the punk scene and, stuff, and mm-hmm. just tour and extensively we know so many people that there's always someone that texts me out of the blue hey mark we're coming through oakland can we get a show at the bowl and often it's really well you know and the thing is too like we all like i said we what mark was saying we all have been around you know and like we know what makes a good spot and this place sounds amazing yeah you know we made it pretty rad and and like the hard part was when i first got involved it was on the way into the hole like i said and people were mad because the previous owners had made some decisions that had pissed off a lot of people in the local scene and it was a kind of a, a you know a well-known punk and metal club yep. and had a lot of you know pretty big time metal bands play you know played shows there even when they were too big to play there just because they loved it and then the owners fucking did some stupid stuff that pissed them off and tried to make it into like a salsa bar and and, and everyone was like fuck that place and so when i got involved there was a lot of bad 
feelings about it. And I had to kind of like, oh, let's, that's not happening anymore. You know, we're, we're, we're doing whatever we want. You know, we're doing, we're cool again, you know? <laughs> and uh, that took a long time to, to, to get, get past that. And, and finally, when we were getting into, our, into the swing of things and having some really great shows and people were asking to play there instead mm -hmm. of having to beg your friends' bands to play there to show people it doesn't suck. And then they get there and go, this place sounds amazing, you know? Yeah. And starting to get the good the good vibes, everything gets shut down. Well, and that's so. like that's the the sound is is actually well known with musicians because I I had talked to Ralph Spite of Victims Family and um and oh, yeah. we were gonna play there right we were like trying to work yeah. it out with you guys and he was like I'll play that stage anytime it sounds so good in there like and he you know he's a picky motherfucker like he's you know yeah. he's he's like a serious serious musician and as we all know and he's but he's such a good guy and he's just like, yeah, like that place is awesome. Like, and it's, it's so good to hear that, you know, about a local yeah. venue. I mean, and there's, we, I feel like we're pretty lucky in the Bay area anyway, but having a bunch of musicians run a venue is, is like a dream come true. And the shows were stellar. I mean, the lineups like week after week, I would like look at the calendar. I'm like, Holy shit. You know? Uh, it was so fun. Well, and we had Dan O'Mahony <laughs> on the show um, yeah. a couple months ago and he said it was the his favorite show they've ever played in that band. He had, wow. I, I mean, I'm not, you know, obviously I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to toot my own horn a little bit, but like, you know, I, I mean, we, like just from like quiet show, like John Doe, uh, you know, acoustic was fucking amazing. And it sounded so good, yep. you know, and then having a, a, a big band like charger, you know, yeah. just, it, it just kicks ass, you know, you know, full stacks and, and it, it, the room is just like so controllable you know, I don't know shit about shit, but I, I know it sounds good. Yeah. <laughs> and so, well, and then, so when we when we knocked the we knocked the whole stage down and rebuilt it, we changed a bunch of the um, the sonic landscape because we 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 got better mains and moved them out quite a way so that the stage oh, yeah, that was, big. was uh, more appropriate. Yeah, we expanded the stage. Yeah. yeah, it's the way it was before. If you had a band that had like more than four like even four people is totally scrunched in and the speakers would if you move the extenders out the speakers mm -hmm. were behind the microphones right if you've ever been in a yeah. band you know what that means yeah yeah um it's bad news so anyway it was the coolest place to see a three-piece <laughs> 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 so we, we just revamped the whole thing and so to hear other people say that it sounds awesome in there I mean, yeah. we, we knew it was going to sound awesome, but to know that other people think it sounds awesome is a real feather in the cap. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, it's yeah. not even, it's not just like, I don't feel like it's just people. Like it's like musicians that are saying yeah, totally. this place on stage sounds great. When you're in the audience, it sounds great. Like it is one of the best venues to play as far as live sound. And that's, you know, and a lot of us have played bottom of the hill, which also has that kind of, you yeah. know, notoriety and has had the same Head, like head sound guy for what Paul's been there for what almost 15 years. Yeah. And so, you know, they've, they're dialed in there too. And when people are playing that stage in yours and saying, these are the places to play in the Bay area, like that's a, that's a pretty awesome, you that's, know, awesome. that's a, that's a high compliment. So, yeah. you know, right. I, I think what I'm interested in, cause I know that Mark's got a hard stop at, at seven fifteen, is, so how do we get our sort of collective, uh, you know, you know, social groups involved in, you know, supporting what your next stuff is and how do we monitor it so that we can post it? I mean, you know, I, I, I have a pretty decent personal following. I'm not, you know, I'm no influencer, but among the punk 
seen. Like we post a lot of information and a lot of people react to it. So we want to make sure. Kevin McCracken, punk influencer. (laughs) (laughs) I'm already influenced. No, but we just want to make sure that we're getting the word out because, you know, you know, our whole like thing is like, what are grown up punks doing that's positive for their community? What could be better than having a live venue that's supporting grown up punks continuing to play music and fucking good music at that? Like, you know, you mentioned challenge. You know, we, t- we talked about this for the past, you know, a few months for sure. And, and initially when we, when things in March went, went, went haywire, we were, you know, like, Oh my God, what are we going to do? If this is, it's like more than two months long. We're, you know, yeah. how are we going to ha- handle this for two months? And we were like, do we need to go to GoFundMe for our employees? You know, how are we going to get everybody on unemployment, all that shit. And then as time went by, we were just like, this is fucked up. Like it's kind of awful to be asking people for money, mm-hmm. you know, when everyone is in the same boat, like, I don't want to be uh, begging for shit when everyone else is in the same fucking situation as we are for the most part. Like, all of our friends are service industry yep. or musicians, you know? So, we're, you know, you're, you're, you're trying to dig out of the same hole together, right? Yeah. So, and on top of that, it's like, well, what do you do then? I guess you, you, uh, you do online shit. You try and get people to watch your stuff online. And, like, at some point, it's like everyone's doing that. And, and you're like, hey, come look at my shit online. Right. And if it's kind of, you know, just like, here's, here's, here's my band in our practice room, you know, it's, it's like, it's kind of a lot to ask to watch your band have band practice unless you're fucking 14 years old. I don't know. Right. You know, so at this point, I, I just feel like, uh, it really feels more like wait and see, like right. we'll do whatever we can do to, to entertain people if we can, and to, including ourselves doing something that, you know, yeah. feels positive and, and feels useful and, and worthwhile. And if people want to watch that, then you'll be able to find that on our website. Okay. You know, but I don't know. Other than other than just fucking hope for the best. Yeah. <laughs> what else is there? You know. To what you were talking about earlier, what how how does yeah. how, how does our our lives in punk rock influence or or inform what we're doing now? That's really it. We're we're yeah. in the most punk phase of this whole thing. We just have to figure it out. You know, yeah. and, and it's just. You know, you you got to make something happen. It's it, it's a hustle, and you just have to you gotta you gotta do different shit. You have to do stuff yeah. that our industry didn't do before. That's why we're we're trying to do some other things like a video zine and all this kind of thing. And you just have to you got to move around the obstacle, whatever it yeah. is. And that's that's as punk as it gets. On Friday, we're gonna put a bunch of drinks into a cooler on top of a, a wheeled cart. We're going to roll it across the street to the apartments and, and fucking hawk drinks door to door. You know, that's amazing. <laughs> Why not? That's what we're doing on Friday. We Why do that every, every few weeks. Yeah. And how do people react? They I mean, love it. Well, when the security guard finds us, uh, <laughs> the people, the people in the, in the apartments, they love it. Yeah. Bill, Bill is Don't awesome you- at it. Actually Bill's Bill's like, if, if, if Bill had another job, and it's way below him. Don't get me wrong. This is way below him. But if Bill had another job, he'd be the best carnival barker you ever. He puts on the janitor's outfit and is like, I got a bunch of stuff here, boss. And he like, walks to the door. You know? <laughs> oh, but I mean, it's, it's, all, well, it's all a hustle and it's just working around the obstacle. Yeah, yeah, well, we we dev- I look forward to it because I can only imagine with the lineups of the shows that you had that there's going to be some awesome bands in the zine and, and wow. getting interviewed and you know we're we're I'm super uh, you know I I love what you guys are doing I I I only wish you the best and um we're we're about a minute away from your hard stop so if you guys have got anything else you want to throw out let's 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 hear it but 
I want to see Mark's hard stop. <laughs> <laughs> well, I told him he could go on. That's what his wife calls it. Oh, he's not married. <laughs> <laughs> I told him he could leave and it would give us time to talk about him. When we were um, I want to thank you guys for taking time today to talk to us. This has been a yeah. fun conversation. I'd like to do it again sometime and just see how it's going maybe yeah. in six months. Um, yeah, definitely. Yeah, thanks. The Golden Bowl's uh, an amazing local venue and i'm really glad that you guys are, are keeping it going and, and keeping it special yep and maybe we have That's each of you on individually to talk about your your bands and stuff as well because i know there's a lot of stories that we could do one-on-one but i want our to all monsula podcast all monsula all the time <laughs> i will watch it i will watch the whole thing i would watch that actually i'll just let joshua interview and i'll just sit and watch i could do that i could bring out like 16 year old joshua from santa Rosa and just be like what does operation ivy mean <laughs> but we really appreciate having having you on and and uh you know thank you for for all you've done in terms of just doing this you know and i know well thank you guys yeah, from Thank running businesses, so it ain't easy. So, uh, you know, uh, as always, we are donating our Patreon money to a local nonprofit called Hospitality House in San Francisco that helps individuals nice. with mental health issues and that are suffering from the ever crisis mode substance abuse. Um, and we are basically huge fans of them because they do their therapy through art and music. So, uh, and they also offer people a place to stay with while they're getting their lives together. So that's our give back from the show. Um, and if there's anything that I can do personally for you all, Bill and I have danced around doing merch together in the past and I own a company that does that stuff. So I'm happy to do a friends and family, whatever you guys need. Kevin, you're using the podcast to shill your business. I'm not even, I'm not even mentioning the name. I'm just telling these guys if they need anything, we're here. So, because uh, I want to keep, I want to see this yeah. keep thank going. You. All right. Well, thank you everybody uh, for listening and thanks thank for coming on. And it was great to meet you guys and uh, have a great week, everybody.